Hello, 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 everybody. We are back, and this is going to be an awesome show. I've got people on today that are going to... Uh, we need to get rid of that last little bit of the sounder there. We uh, have got some people on today that I know you're going to love to hear from. Thank you, Paul. Um, and it's Mr. Josh Gallion, who happens to be the North Dakota auditor, and my other good buddy, Jewel Hamilton. And we are going to discover today what the auditor's office does and why it matters to the uh, average citizen. So first, I'm going to go to you, Josh, and I'm going to ask you, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about uh, the auditor's office. Uh, I've, I've seen some nice letters to the editor, and Rob Port's been on fire, and they you just don't appear to be a very popular person. Uh, and I wanted to know exactly what it is that the auditor's office does and why it's such an important office to the average North Dakota citizen. Well, the auditor's office, what uh, our mission is, is to make sure that we are conducting the post-audit of state agencies, mm-hmm. uh, including local governments, the university system, so the, uh, the higher education system, including the central office that they have. Uh, and then the other part that uh, doesn't get a lot of attention that we do is out in the oil, uh, out in oil country. We have a mineral royalty division, and they audit uh, the federal royalty payments uh, to the federal government. And uh, the part that I enjoy about that is because we know the federal side, we also know the state, state side. So we work with the treasurer's office to make sure that the state is receiving the proper share uh, of those uh, mineral rights that are extracted. When you audit, you also, uh, you don't just worry about the money, you worry about standards and practices and whether or not people are following the law, etc. as well, do you not? So that kind of gets into, there's really three main types of audits that we conduct. Uh Uh, The performance audit, and that's where we're evaluating policies, procedures, laws. Uh, We're we're getting into, you know, what are best practices? You know, some of the things, uh, if we have an example, maybe from another state where they've implemented uh, something and, and the results that they have are, you know, tremendous. We can take a look at that and we can use that as our criteria then when we do those performance audits. But we're really looking at, Maybe some of those services, um, the use of resources, uh, more than just just the numbers. Uh, we also do our financial audits. That's where we're actually uh, looking at the financial statements. We're expressing an opinion on those. Uh, and then the other uh, main one that we do is compliance audits. Uh, and we we uh, we have a couple of different ones. Our, our mineral royalty um, function op- operates a lot like the compliance. Uh, and then we have a couple of major projects. I guess I can throw those in there. The, the state's annual comprehensive financial report. So that's a state government's consolidated financial statement. And then we do the federal single audit. Um, both of those major, major projects for, for this agency. You know, I even I, and I've, I've spoken with you before, you might, probably don't remember it was a while ago, but I didn't realize the exact amount of work that your office does. And, Jewel, do you have a question uh, right off the chalks there for Josh? Because I know you've been very interested in this as well. Well, one of the things I was wondering, because he's got his hands in a lot of different areas there, it's, um, if your office office could complete every audit that you currently on your to-do list um, before the end of the year, what would, you, what, would ha- what would you have to do to make that happen? I mean, it sounds to me like you'd have to move exactly. heaven and earth. Exactly. Um, well, I, I can tell you that would not be would not be possible. Um, I mean, we have a lot of responsibility in this organization, and keep in mind, there's only 61 FTEs. That's so we're a very small agency uh, in the grand scheme of things. You know, we we're we're looking at um, here in North Dakota. We have 2,000 local governments that we keep an eye on. 400 of those require audits. We do about 70. But the remaining ones, uh, we have about 45 clients who want us to do those audits. We don't even have the resources or the capacity to take on those clients. And so um, it seems like our set of responsibilities is constantly growing. And here in the state, I think everybody's facing workforce shortages and challenges. Uh, and so it's, it's, uh, everybody's kind of being hit with a double whammy right here. Well, it's funny because um, we've been hearing about all the money that we have in the state and everything else, yet I saw several legislative actions this session that talked about reducing your funding, um, making you you charge 10 cents on the dollar and some other things. It, it seems like you've got a lot on your plate, yet they're trying to hamstring you. Did I figure that out right or am I incorrect in that thought? 
No, that, that, that's correct. So I think you're referring to House Bill 1508. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in that bill, we would have been capped um, to, to, what is it, one thousandth of one percent yeah. is the, the rate that we could have charged. And it would have only been applied to their operating budget, <sighs> meaning if they, if they had a one million dollar operating budget, we could charge ten dollars for that audit. Well, that's ridiculous. In, in some of the divisions that we have for our local government team, who they do amazing work. They're the best government auditors in the state of North Dakota when it comes to the financial um, audits. They rely on those fees. We have a special operating fund. Uh, so we bill for those services. That money comes back in. That covers the employee's payroll, the operating costs, travel costs, um, you know, any costs associated with IT. So they basically generate their own revenue to operate. Well, had we capped that, and again, 1508, the legislature did take all of these components out of the bill eventually. But if you rip the money away, you either have to backfill it with general fund dollars or essentially by removing the funding, you eliminate the function entirely. And so that those are some of the things that we were uh, facing with 1508 when it originally came out. Very disappointed in the way it was structured you know, we were trying to um, talk to legislators. We just didn't have um, we didn't have a whole lot of luck there communicating with them. What did you think about that bill there, Jewel? Because I know you and I discussed the fact that it it seemed counterproductive. Well, it is counterproductive, and it's not the first. It, it's every time the auditor's office gives an entity, a state entity, a black eye over an audit. This is what they do: they run the legislation and they try to cripple the auditor's office. It's not the first time it's happened. And I know that, you know, I and yourself and multiple individuals have gone to their their representatives and written emails and called and, you know, because the auditor's office is one way that we keep transparency, that we keep accountability. And it looks like, you know, every time something's found that's questionable, well, Instead of taking care of the issue or addressing the problem, we're just going to cut the auditors out at the kneecap. Well, I keep seeing a basic case of kill the messenger. We just had a Williston, <laughs> Williston audit here where they found 21 deficiencies. I know that there's a current ambulance uh, organization in Kildare that's going under. And, of course, in my backyard, the Mayville audit that raised a bunch of nasty questions. And, you know... Instead of saying, how dare you, which is what you seem to be running into, Josh, why aren't people going, my God, we didn't know, how can we fix this? It, it, it just seems so adversarial. And the only reason I can figure that is because they know they're doing something wrong and they're just pissed off you got them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, what the total rationale is. It does have a feeling that, uh, you know, the messenger we get shot at quite a bit. You know, to me, Williston Audit, uh, that school district, uh, you know, again, I want to give credit where credit is due. Dr. Fadley came in. He was not the superintendent um, during a lot of the issues. But when he came on board, I can tell you he was instrumental in helping us get this audit done. He's been um, very vocal in communicating with us that he wants to see all these um, issues corrected. But you're right. There was 21 areas, uh, you know, deficiencies that we identified. In our perspective, that's 21 areas where the the public school district could be better with with the public's money and be, um, you know, have better controls in place. And some of these things were very disappointing uh, in in my perspective. I mean, the the one of the findings that we found was there was about six and a half million dollars in debt that had never been reported to the citizens. It wasn't on the financial statements. It wasn't there in previous uh, fiscal periods. We were the first ones. The state auditor's office was the first uh, auditor that actually came and identified it. We included it. And I know I've had several citizens reach out upset because they asked these types of questions. They couldn't get the answers. And so they made a decision about combining that school district and they didn't have all the facts. And that, that to me is very unfortunate. Well, from what I understand, I understand that the uh, push to combine that school district and stuff was actually came down from from Governor Bergham and stuff and that there was something that he's got some special plans because he knows that that area is going to be growing. There's going to be some base restructuring and other stuff. And of course, with the uh, carbon capture pipeline and everything else, that that was sort of pushed through so fast that 
before we even knew it, it had happened. And it, you said something that, that struck me that I, I rarely, rarely hear from, from someone that works for the state. You said the people's money. Because when I'm talking to legislators and everything else, they always talk about the state money and the federal money. And I always look at them and I have to say, no, 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 you don't understand. The state doesn't generate money. The feds don't generate money. We, the people, generate money, and then it's their job to spend it. But if you disappear, is there anybody watching what's going on? Um, well, I, I don't know if anybody else is going to watch it as well as uh, the auditor's office does. We are committed to making sure that the citizens know how their government is spending their money. And that's um, what the what the folks here in this office do day in and day out. And we are committed to making sure that we've got that level of transparency because it is the people who hold government accountable. It, it is not the auditor's office. It's not any other entity. It is the people. Jewel, what do you got to say about that? Or any well, other how, questions? How, you know, we're just regular people. How can regular people help you in the auditor's office? What can we do as citizens to help? Well, to me, our form of government, our constitutional republic, it requires informed and engaged citizens. Get involved. Ask questions. You have to educate yourself. You have to learn. Uh, and so I encourage everybody, you know, the auditor's office, we're constantly putting out information. Um, we have a newsletter. We have email lists. I would encourage people sign up for it. How do you uh, do that? www.nd.gov forward slash auditor. You know, come on uh, to the to the webpage and sign up, and you'll get our emails. You'll get our uh, notifications when we complete audits and get this information out there. It, it, it does take um, an investment on everybody's part. But we need people to to be looking at these things. We need people to pay attention. Uh, and that's that's why we do what we do. And, and we want to make sure that the people know how the auditor's office supports them. When I first took office and people would find out that I was the state auditor, their first response was, well, don't audit my taxes. <laughs> that's not what and, you do. And, and no, and then that clearly told me the citizens out there don't understand how the state auditor's office is here to support them and to get information to them about their government. And so that's where uh, five years ago, we really changed the, the communication strategy, the communication model that we, uh, we have here today is to really try to educate and inform people, not just about their government, but how the auditor's office and our role and how we fit into this, uh, this transparency piece uh, and, to be honest, once we started doing that, I haven't had anybody mention their own individual taxes to me in years. But in my first two years of office, that was the first response I would get from people. Well, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense because people just don't understand. And they're they're perfectly happy as long as their little cabin is, is being taken care of to, to let things just slide. And if you mm-hmm. wanted to request an audit, how does one do that? Because you just said you don't even have enough people. So how do you request an audit and what are the odds are that it might actually be done? Well, uh, I mean, we just talked about the Williston audit. That was actually a petition audit. So the citizens in that community, uh, community, I commend their courage to go out. They obtained enough signatures. They got those signatures turned in. And and under current law, those signatures, um, once they're validated, it says the state auditor's office shall conduct that audit. Uh, and so if the citizens get uh, involved and, and they, they put in the effort, now, you know, we get called into that. Now, I know one of the bills that are, are, are for the legislature is going to kind of change that shall to a may. Ah. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the reason the reason why, and I'm not opposed to that may, my, my concern is I don't want audits to become punitive or weaponized right and so by having that discretion in there we want to be able to sit down and talk to the citizens who might have some concerns to make sure those concerns are valid concerns and things that we can actually address in an audit before they go out and do a lot of work um, to collect signatures 
uh, and then essentially call us in to do an audit that's not going to meet their expectations. And so really that's that's the goal there is, is we need to sit down and have that discussion first. That makes sense. I'm going to take a quick profit margin break here. And then, Jewel, I'm coming back to you. Southtown Poorhouse, where every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse. You can stop in for your favorite drinks and, of course, happy hour. Buy one app and get one half off every day from 6 to 8. And don't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays and the awesome steak specials on Thursday from 5 to 8. Make sure to check out SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com to find out when your favorite band is playing live. And I don't have a band list, so I'm hoping there's a live band on Friday. Every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse, 2015 Library Circle next to the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. and they're looking to hire. And go out to SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com to find out what band is playing. And they'll get back to you. Um, Jewel, what do you think about that sh- may and shall and 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 the because we've been talking about the fact that there's been a lot of verbiage being thrown around during this legislative session where they're trying to change sensory code and other things, uh, and and the, I think the audit is is just imperative. I think it's imperative too because it's one way that citizens have where transparency and accuracy and you know, accountability is, is held. What concerns me about changing that verbiage to from shall to may is who gets to determine whether or not that audit's going to be completed. Bingo. If it's the auditor's office and that's how it's conducted and the auditor has the is talking to the citizens and they make that decision, that's one thing. But if it's left up to legislation, if it's left up to the governor's office, if it's left up to any entity that purely doesn't want transparency, we're going to have a problem because we're never going to have an audit. Well, especially... They're going to constantly say, yeah. we don't need to audit. And, and, and we've, they've already shown that they're terribly into protecting their heinies uh, and, and that their, their main focus isn't really on transparency. It's on looking good. And my other concern is, Josh, right now, I, I have to tell you, quite frankly, I admire you. You uh, have, have really done a lot for we the people and i know that there's there's uh the pitchfork nation over in legislature is attempting to uh move you along the road i mean the 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 verbiage of may and shall uh as jewel just pointed out you right now are on our side and and are, are willing to to say yeah we think there's this needs to be a good audit this would be one but what happens if something happens down the road and there's leverage used against it and People know that there's dastardly doings, uh, and they want to find out for sure. And somebody goes, "Now nah, you really don't need to look under that rock. Look over here instead." They're good at that. Well, I, that, that's a good that's a good uh, take on that. Uh, I can tell you that the authority to uh, initiate that audit, if if it changes from shall to may, is going to be with the state auditor. So that is that is going to be under my authority and under my purview. Um. And, and I can assure you that if, if the citizens do a petition and the concerns are valid, the state auditor's office will act. We will do the right thing every day. Uh, we do the right thing regardless if it's the popular thing, if it's the easy thing. That's the one thing that I talk to the staff here um, continuously. I, I ask them, what's the right thing to do? Uh, and that's, that's what we focus on. And I, I think some of those things, it does get me in hot water. It does get me... Um, kind of at odds with, with some people in the party because in, in normal party politics, you know, if you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Well, I won't do that to this organization. We, we need to do the right thing. We have to maintain independence. Uh, we have to maintain that level of transparency. And so I will not sacrifice um, our values and our commitment to the citizens for some of that political backscratching, even though I understand that it's going to get me, um, it, it, it's going to create some fan mail every once in a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you've gotten some uh, some beautiful, uh, Rob Port, uh, Michelle Comer, uh, and a few other people have decided that they have the ability to uh, stand back and, and uh, do what I like to call character assassination, which is, to me... The, the character assassination, once that starts, I know you've probably done something right. Because I noticed they're not attacking what you're doing. 
they're attacking you personally. And when that starts to occur, whenever that happens to me, I'm going, well, I must be doing something correct. And uh, you've got Pitchfork Nation out after you, so keep going. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, serious to God, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this girl is like, yay! Because oh, it just it's just too much business as usual, you know? Um, uh, Jewel, what do you think? I mean, I, they have been open about it, so I have no problem mentioning it. Yeah, I have read some of that, the Michelle Comer's um, op-eds and Rob Port's, um, his opinion pieces. But let me remind you guys something, especially with Rob Port, you know, because I'm here at my night. And uh, I know when you when you talk about Rob Port's credibility, his, his opinion piece, he can do what he wants. He's got the First Amendment right to do that, to have an opinion. But he started a great big crap storm here in Minot with the city manager, Tom Barry. And what people need to realize is that crap storm caused the citizens of Minot over 140, I think it was a hundred, or a, it was a million forty, sorry, a million, million forty. Wow. Yeah, I wrote the numbers down and I'm, I'm looking here, but it was quite a bit. He got a settlement from the city of Minot. Oh, here. It was uh, $1,040,510.55, plus he was awarded $5,000 in attorney fees. Sweet Jesus. All that, uh, yeah, and that comes from the because that comes out of our general fund. So that's mm-hmm. our citizens of Minot taxes, and it was, it's, this started with an article that was put out by Rob Port. So, you know, people may want to to look at the source, and, not, and, the, and you know, what was his reasoning? And whose pocket is he in? That's what I always want to know. So, well, you that's know, my question. Josh, you've, you've obviously, you've standards, which is rare in government, I have to tell you. We, we, we've been down that road before. And we have billions and billions of dollars, huge budgets. And if no one's looking... It doesn't make sense that that people would continue just on the fact that it's good old North Dakota. I heard I heard Scott Hennon the other day say, "Well, it's North Dakota that can't happen here," and I just about drove off the road. Josh, when you do audits, what do you think about when someone says, "Oh, you don't need to do that. It's North Dakota. That stuff don't happen here." Well, I, I will say I think North Dakota does it better than most, but it doesn't mean that we're not without issues. Um, one of the things, and, and I didn't mention it before, I mean, we also get called in to do state bonding fund uh, investigations. And this is when uh, individuals steal money or there's fraud, um, embezzlement. We do conduct those investigations. They do happen here in North Dakota across small governments. Uh, one of the examples, and I, I don't have the name of the, the department, but um, there was a, a woman who was stealing the cash bond money from the sheriff's department. Oof. I don't know if that's very smart. I don't know if I'd steal money from the sheriff's department, but <laughs> that, that did happen. We did have to go in and conduct that investigation to identify how much money was taken. Um, that individual is charged uh, criminally, and the state bonding fund comes in to try to help the organization get through that. But we see those kinds of things. We see those types of issues. Um, and I don't know if we talk about it much here in North Dakota, but, but we're not, we're not without some of those problems that we see, you know, the, the biggest issue is compared to North Dakota and maybe the rest of the country, you know, we might be talking about four five, six zeros in, in most cases. That's, that's really the, the difference. Mm-hmm. But it's still important. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joel. When you find things like that, whose responsibility is it to determine that the law has been broken? It's not the state attorney or auditor's office, is it? Wouldn't it be the district attorney's office? So you turn we go that in information in. over to law enforcement. Correct. And so we get called in. Uh, a lot of times it's state's attorney or a, a law enforcement agency. We hand that information over um, to just the state bonding fund and, and those officials, and they take it from there. All we identify is, can, can we clearly determine through our audit and investigation uh, the amount of funds that might have been missing or stolen? Um, and, and that's where we comb through the evidence and the records and then put in a report. That's all the auditor's office. All we have is the power of the pen. That's all we have. We put it in a report. 
Uh, and we need to make sure that the, those charged with governance and the citizens are aware of, of their government. Well, you know, See, that's where, go ahead. I'm sorry, kid. No, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> that's just where I find ironic because all you're doing is put it, doing the paperwork, doing the report, and then turning it over to law enforcement. But you're the office that gets crucified for supplying the information. Exactly what it's I was like, going to say. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Hang on a minute. It does happen. Well, it's, it's unfortunate, but it does happen. The the thing is, is that um, you're you're looking at things, and I'm looking at things like uh, the the HHS budget, which is is going through the roof now because we're looking at expanding expanding health and human services into being mm-hmm. this huge mushroom. And you uncovered an audit uh, where it's it took them 13 days for contact with kids and parents who were supposed to be contacted within 24 hours. And they were they were trying to you know say oh well you don't understand all of the 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 pluses and minuses of that. But to me that's pretty apparent. If 13 days and 24 hours is a big difference. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I mean we, we are much more than just numbers people, uh, and that's that's something I try to get out there. Uh, the auditor's office, our greatest strength is our diversity uh, in our team, and, and anytime we approach an audit or any kind of a problem, I want to make sure that we've got the right skill sets around the table to effectively evaluate that problem. So when we went into this HHS, we looked at the child support. Um, I'll add that this is the third audit in a row that we've brought this to to, to light. Excellent. Tell me that more um, about that. And so the last three audits we've conducted, this has been a component of that. And so that's why this time we did a press conference and we really tried to raise awareness. We're very excited that there is legislation coming. But what we evaluate is when you've got a Category A um, abuse H, uh, human services policy states somebody has to make contact within 24 hours. And when we evaluated the documentation and the records, that's where we noticed that the average time frame was 13 days. Well, these Category A's could be severe burns, broken bones, uh, risk of death, sexual assault. I mean, this, if you read the information in there, there's a reason why 24 hours is needed. Um, that's unacceptable. And there's a whole list of people that can make contact. Yeah. So I think I think making sure that eight, uh, human services that is working with their local communities, let's build that network of people that we can reach out to when these types of issues are reported. Because uh, on on our, you know the auditor's office side, we want to make sure we're protecting uh, the state's most valuable resource, and, and that's the, that's the next generation. That's 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 our children. They are our future, and we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can. Uh, to get them on a path to success uh, because someday it's going to be them running the show. Well, you know, I, I read an article in my local paper regarding this and all, all she had to say about your audit was the fact of, well, he doesn't understand. Um, we have this problem. We have that problem. We have this, and this is why we can't do this. All of the article was how awful you were and, and, and why things can't be done this way. And I'm, I'm, getting really tired of my government standing around telling me why things can't be done as opposed to saying we took we took a look at this we, we understand that it's wrong and these are the, some of the steps that we are attempting to do to try to fix it none of that i mean and then the big one that always comes up is we need more money well there's plenty of money out there is there not josh the, the state is doing very well. Um, you, you even hear it from, from the governor and our, our, a lot of our uh, senior state officials that all of these buckets are overflowing. You know, we look at local governments and, and the three big, the big three that we look at, counties, cities and schools. Um, the most recent audited numbers that we have um, show that those three, the big three category there, they've got about $3 billion cash on hand Sweet Jesus. across the state. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash. Keep in mind that, that is, that's the amount of cash and investment money that they have after their fiscal year. Wow. That's, that's the end. And so uh, here in this state, we do have um, wealthy government. Of course, my position is I would rather have wealthy citizens. But um, <laughs> You got my vote. The, the, the thing is, is when we were looking at that much money, 
and and we're looking at, at the all of the money that they're using to expand these agencies and make them bigger and larger and and everything else. But when we come and ask for property tax relief, they tell us there's there's not enough money for them to do that, that that's the wrong thing to do. But I'm looking and seeing all these TIFs being sent out to businesses and, and, and all of this other way that they seem to be able to take property tax off the table if you just happen to be the right person. And kind of similar to what your audit found at Mayville, the criteria for a lot of their decision-making is, who are you? Do I like you? Can you benefit me? As opposed to what's the right thing to do. And this is where I can only see that an audit brings this stuff to light. Mm -hmm. And in Mayville, we did that. We identified a lot of of control issues there. and, and, And I think if I remember what you're talking about, Again, we look at I look at a lot of audits, but I think there were some payroll issues there. There uh, were where people were being compensated um, well beyond maybe the time frame that they should have. Um, reports were were not being maintained. There wasn't the proper checks and balances. Uh, and yes, audits are designed to try to catch those to make sure that we've got the right control environment uh, in place. That management is is looking at that to prevent it from happening. There were also some tuition waivers and stuff that were being being given out where where people weren't qualified to to receive those waivers. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a bunch of the, people were just making merry with money, which which I seem just to find a lot. Jewel? Yeah, I have uh, also I was looking that up and, and another thing that happened in Mayville, it seems to be a common theme in these school audits is improper use of credit card charges. Um, so I had 13% of purchases reconciliations reviewed were missing procedures assigned by the main card hard holder. 13% mm-hmm. of card reconciliations reviewed were not correctly approved by the cardholder supervisor. 16% of card transactions reviewed were not in compliance with both state board and higher education policies as well as the North Dakota system. And that was the main bill, but it seems to be a common mm-hmm. theme when school audits are completed. Uh, That is, and that is one of the main areas that we look at because when you've got a credit card, that's direct access to cash and that's direct access into the state's, um, you know, the the entity's bank account because we those bills are paid. Uh, And so we need to make sure that we've got proper protocols in place. And again, we have seen uh, in our experience in our auditing, we have seen credit cards be misused. Um, They've been abused for personal charges uh, where people are going to taking them to Walmart and buying their groceries or, you know, those kinds of things. And so uh, again, we see those types of things. That's why we have these procedures. That's why we issue these types of audit findings, because uh, again, in our experience, if nobody's looking, things get worse. Well, Josh, you, you said you could be with me for half an hour and I've had you here for that. So if you can stay longer, I'd love it. But if you sure. can't, I understand. But for right now, I do have to take an obscene profit margin break. Could you do that for me, Paul? Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Well, I I do have to tell you, uh, here's the problem. I spent 20 years in higher ed, and I don't know of too many organizations that can waste money better than education, but by golly, they all seem to be able to do it. And the thing is, is this is not me hitting out at Mayville. It is not me hitting out at NDSU or UND or any others. What I am simply asking from them is I think the same thing that Josh is asking from them, which is spending with accountability and and acting and acting with responsibility towards the people's money. And yet whenever you you try to bring up anything like that, you're you're you have people's hackles raised. Do you know how much money those colleges bring into our towns? And everything? and it, it doesn't matter if it doesn't balance out. I don't know, Josh. I just it just doesn't seem to me like that's a very valid argument. 
Well, again, our, our focus, you know, is making sure that these public entities are being good stewards of the public's money. And, and that's why we exist. That's why we go in. We understand that these, these organizations have important missions and they do provide, you know, value to the citizens and the state. And nowhere are we trying to undermine that or, or say that they're not doing um, a good job in, in that. It's just at the end of the day, when we're looking at financial records and transactions, we do need to have that framework in place to provide that assurance to the citizens that they are being good stewards of the people's money. And that's that's what we're here to try to accomplish, uh, to try to share and inform and educate you know, when we go into all of these audits and all of these engagements, anytime we issue a finding, it's we look at it as an opportunity to improve. And that's that's our focus is we will. Yes, we look backwards, but we want them to take that roadmap and fix things going forward, because we would much rather have clean audits than issue all of these findings. Believe it or not, I think a lot of people think, oh, we want these findings. It takes a lot of work to document and and put everything together in accordance with our auditing standards and the, and all of the criteria to just create a finding. And, you know, again, as we talked, we have so much work and we are so overburdened. I mean, we, we would love nothing more to have more clean audits so we can get to more clients. Every time we have these huge audits like Williston, that, that takes away time. How long did it take? Williston took, uh, took, took quite a while. I don't have the exact time in front of me, but that that is probably one of the largest audits uh, our local government team has ever done uh, to to put that put that work to, um, put that report together and issue those twenty one findings. Only to be told you're an evil person. That must be some rewarding <laughs> boy, and that for your good job, you're a horrible individual. <laughs> Jewel, what else have you got to say here for for Josh? Because I'm I'm just sitting here going, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know somebody that wants to pop in and say hi. Awesome. She's been begging me to pop in and say hi. (laughs) How you doing? Introduce yourself. Nicole Egerberg. Nicole, you and I have gone back and forth and stuff. Sweetheart, I got to ask you, what do you think about this insanity with the auditor's office and and the fact that everybody's asking Josh to please walk the plank? Um, we can't we can't lose Josh, and I really truly believe I've actually been texting some legislations down there, and that you know the one legislator and I don't want to throw him on the bus. He texts me back and he stated he goes, "We were lied to." when we voted for this. Ah. So um, he said that it's supposed to be going back from what I understand um, for the house to look at again, but we still got to be very vigilant because we need Josh. We we need him. We need him. We need the amazing team that he works with um, because they're our last avenue to protecting the state of North Dakota. Well, that's the way I always looked at it. And um, I, I mean, if we found this type of issues in Williston, imagine what we could find if we did some random audits of other school districts or uh, if he was even allowed to actually audit the election, because I know that bill got shot down where they wanted him to just do uh, some of the larger counties like Cass and stuff. And then just just to make those of us who are sitting out here feel a little bit less sure that our elections aren't aren't legitimate and they they ran from that one like uh you know like we'd scalded them so i am i am just so confused as to why there is this fear of the auditor's office because speaking to josh he's i mean no offense but josh you don't scare me <laughs> you're not a real scary guy um i think it's a fear of the truth is going to come out but that's transparency, and that's what you want. Um, Josh, are you thinking of leaving? Uh, the auditor's office? Yeah. Absolutely not. Thank you. I'm not, Thank go- you. I'm not going anywhere. Well, the reason I ask is because uh, that rumor has been going around that uh, that the heat's getting too tough and that you're leaving. And I was like, sweet Jesus, please tell me no. So I thought I'd, you know me, I'm sort of a bull in a china shop. I just thought, Josh, are you staying, buddy? I, I, I am not going anywhere. Uh, I love what I do. I love working with the folks up here. Um, we are committed to that. And at this point, I'm, I have every intention on running for re-election. 
Good. That, that is that is my path going forward. So uh, I'm sure there's people out there that would probably love to see me um, go away. Uh, <laughs> and I will be, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint them. Good. Nicole, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think about uh, about Josh's workload and stuff? Do you think that we've expanded Health and Human Services? We've expanded everything else. Why aren't we looking at to expand the auditor's office, girl? Well, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so um, (laughs) I have my own thoughts. But you know, my conspiracies are turning out to be true. Um, So I have people approach me saying, "Wow, you were right. Wow, you were right." You know, I think the interesting thing is, and I know Josh can't say anything about this, but once, you know, Josh and his team, amazing team. I mean, I listened when they were on the interview with Daryl Lies. I've read through the report. They've got the information now for Williston. Now Williston needs to do something with it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Josh said, here are the numbers. Here's what's going on. But the people in those communities... It is now in their hands to decide what they're going to do about it. And I think a lot of people, you know, we can't let this go by the wayside. I would like an audit here in Minot. Well, I know Bismarck's trying to get one. Well, and, you know, the signatures are there in Bismarck. Yep. Bismarck has already turned in their signatures. We received those on Friday. Okay. They're turned in. So once that's authorized, though, what what is the prior the priority of getting Bismarck audited. Yeah. Because you're, 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 you're swamped. Is. Does that become high priority or is that put Yes. So um, anytime we get these citizen-initiated petition audits, um, yes, we have our normal workload. We are always trying to take on, you know, these additional responsibilities. I will say our petition audits do get moved up the list a little bit. Uh, the Bismarck School District one, though, as I'm, as I'm you know, Thinking through the, this upcoming schedule, I mean, we have a petition audit right now that we're working on uh, City of Lincoln. We have to go back to Williston this summer to do the combined school district audit, which is the other part of the petition audit. We have another petition audit that we're uh, in, the, in the mix. Uh, and now we've got Bismarck Public Schools. And so uh, these petition audits have really thrown a wrench in our normal client uh, workload. But when we do get those, we do everything we can to try to get them moved up because of uh, the importance and the concern. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I mean, the citizens went out there that they did a lot of effort. They did a lot of work to collect these signatures. And so we want to be as responsive as, as we can to, to their concerns. Well, I want you to know how much we really appreciate what you do. You, it, it's probably not something you hear often, but uh, there there is a large amount of the populace that is aware of what you do and is very appreciative of the effort that you put in. And especially when uh, we don't seem to be able to get response from whether we're talking to our legislators or whatever, and when we're filing FOIAs and other things, sometimes the only thing that we can do is try to find a a haven where someone is willing to go out there and do it. And it just seems to me that an audit should not be something that is looked at as you're just out there uh, trying to hammer people. You're trying to help. You're trying to make things go smoother. And I would expect from Williston after this audit process that there would be a lot of more happy people in Williston with their school district rather than still people that are, are worried about it. So to me, there's a a mental release that people would be able to say, well, we've got it fixed now. And so that should not be something that should be looked at as terrible. And from our perspective, that that's... That's a lot how we look at it is we want to get information in the people's hands so they can better understand, you know, this roadmap going forward to make these improvements. But I think you're right. There is a disconnect. And I, and I hear it all the time. Um, there must be a, a growing number of elected officials across the state where they're not they're not being responsive to the citizens. They're not um, communicating. I, I have so many people shocked. If you call the auditor's office and you ask for me and I'm in they'll transfer the phone to me and I'll take your call. And, and people are like, Oh, well, you actually answered the phone. I'm like, well, yes, I work for you. Uh, if you've got questions, I mean, how can I help? And, and so I take phone calls like that all the time. And it's just, 
it, it, it's sad that, that people are shocked that their elected officials actually answer their phone calls. Well, uh, and I know there's some good ones out there. There but, are, but, but uh, there, we're running into less and less of them. Ladies, um, you can certainly back me up on the fact that uh, trying to find a legislator is, is, is at times entertaining. Uh, do, you, do you not agree? Oh, yes, I agree. I agree. I text mine and let them, let them know yes, no on a bill. And if I tell them I don't approve of a bill, I mean, they'll text me back saying, okay, I know you're going live. Don't be too hard on me. I'm like, here I come. <laughs> so it just, you know, but I'm black and white, Kit, you know that. Well, here was the response that I received on 1508. Good. It went to appropriations in the House side. So we will have another chance to whack it here. And that is from a legislator in the House. Okay. Um, so yeah. what, what they what they did with 1508 is they stripped away all of the financial components of it. So anything where it referenced um, limiting our ability to bill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the only thing that they kept was that every single audit issued by the state auditor's office has to be approved by a CPA. Now, I still disagree with that because it's vague. It it doesn't really clarify. And to me, a CPA is a skill set. It's no different. It's no better or worse than anything else. And so to arbitrarily place one skill set above the others, I mean, we talked about HHS. Mm Mm-hmm. That child abuse finding, where we're talking about how we can be more responsive to protecting our kids, that was done by our medical auditor. She's an RN. How is a CPA going to add value by approving that report? Well, it depends on whose payroll the CPA guy's on, and it seems that, to that's, me. And it's that's se- another question. Well, I'm sorry. I'm review? sorry. I, I, you can't say it, but I can. And and it uh, and and I go looking at all this. So you're going to go to all this work and everything else, and then they're going to bring in their guy and go, yeah. That, I'm, I don't know if you are that he's going to be appointed, or they're going to be appointed by the governor. Absolutely, <laughs> ladies. Absolutely. So, I, I, I'm sorry if 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 when I take a look at a bill like that, I go, "Oh, really?" Because, well, he's got his opinion, and we've got our opinion, so we're going to go with our guy. Uh, I'm sorry, but no, that's not the way this is supposed to work. Okay, so 1508 went through the house then with just that one. Approval just, of the CPA. Just that one section. Now, keep in mind, we have 18 CPAs on staff. Right. We already okay. have the audits that need to be reviewed by CPAs, reviewed by CPAs. Uh, and so, yes, I don't know if this is internal review, external review. I don't know if they want to try to place a restriction on me as a state auditor. To and have it's lovingly CPA. vague. So you'll never know that because this situation could change with each time it's interpreted. We, we, we don't well, know, what's, know what the intent yeah. is. For those that are watching this or watch it down the road, um, you know, for today, you guys need to reach out to your senators and just tell them no on 1508. No, 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 no. There's no other word, but no. Email, email and call. Email so you have a record. Call so that you can talk to a recording. But um, seriously, 1508 is an absolute positive no. I've got one last profit margin break here for Life Vantage. And I want to ask, do you take collagen? Have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? This collagen not only replenishes your body, but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products and maintains it. To find out more about this amazing product, contact Stephanie Krenelka and Life Vantage. Check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306. Or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com. And you can, for those of you who aren't computer savvy, you can click on the link on gfbestsource.com and it'll take you directly there. So you can biohack your life with Life Vantage. You don't have to get all wrinkly. You can fight it. All right. The, the thing that bothers me so much about the CPA thing is, uh, like you said, you've got a staff of them. So now we're going to pay a CPA to come in and do an audit on your audit? For a bunch of people that supposedly want to not have so much government, which Republicans are supposed to be, it just sounds like we're layering on top of layering on top of layering. It's another bureaucratic piece of red tape that we'd be fighting with. Um, Again, we we have 
these reviews, we have these internal reviews. It goes through different levels of management. Uh, the auditor's office actually gets audited um, by a CPA firm uh, every two years. And every three years, we actually have our peer review come in. Uh, and those are auditors from around the state that actually evaluate our processes, our procedures to ensure that the work that we do is in compliance with the standards. And we continually receive high, high marks on all of those. Well, so, so it just it just seems like in a time where we've got workforce shortages, we've got challenges, why are we adding more bureaucracy and more layers? And more money. That I mean, we just we, we, we can't give people property tax relief. We can't seem to find money to fund the auditor's office. But meanwhile, we're spending like drunken sailors. I can say that I come from Navy and Marines, but we are we're spending we're spending like drunken sailors out there. It makes no sense. Well, I'm an Air Force veteran, so I, I understand all those references. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, sir. No, ladies, you're ladies, what else you got for the good of the order here? We got about 10 minutes left. I want to make sure we get some good questions going for Joshua before he takes off. Well, I just had to, Nicole snuck back, but okay. she had to get going. But I think, uh, I don't know, just kind of went blank here. Well, I just, I just know one thing. And I that, just said that we have to protect the auditor's office. Well, you know, this seems to me, they always talk about pitchfork nation and everything else and conspiracy theories and everything. These are people that have facts. And Lord knows we don't work enough in the factual area. Everything's emotions. Now, if somebody's little feelings get hurt because Josh doesn't audit and it doesn't reflect well on them, can they can they adult up, pull up the big girl and big boy panties and, and understand that this is not a personal attack, that this is looking at a process and a procedure that needs to be changed? And this this business of coming out with personal attacks on Josh to me just just it stinks. I'm serious. I mean, you know, you can say what you want to about his office, but apparently he's getting good grades all over the place. So what the hell is your problem? Well, and it's not just our audit work. I mean, we are recognized um, uh, regionally as a top fifty place to work by Prairie Business. We've been recognized by um, you know the Bismarck Mandan Young Professionals as a top. 10 place to work here in this uh, community. I mean, we've got, uh, I think one of the best internship programs here in the state of North Dakota uh, in state government. The, the only organization that's bigger than our internship program is the department of transportation. And they're about a thousand employees. Again, we're 61. Um, that doesn't happen without doing good things and having great people. Uh, and so I just would, I just always try to reassure the citizens of the state that they have, they have amazing uh, people working for them here in this office. And, and it is an honor to, to get to work side by side with them each and every day because uh, they are committed to this transparency. They are committed to getting them information. And uh, it's always unfortunate when we, when we are attacked, um, these, these personal attacks that come after me um, because the, the team here feels it. And the concern that I have is, if we're going to continue tacking the auditor's office, at what point is that going to filter into their work and negatively impact their ability to do their jobs? That's well, what's unfortunate. You know, um, it, it, it just seems to me that we could do better uh, as, as legislatures, uh, as people in general. And this killing of the messenger thing has got to stop. And you are doing a valid job for the people. And it's not a popular job, and it's never going to be a popular job to tell somebody that they, they screwed up. It's hard. It's Constructive hard. criticism is hard to give. Yes. It is. And we're always trying to do better about how we communicate it, how do we, how do, we do our messaging. And that's why we focus. We, we, we do try really hard to make sure it's focused on uh, improvement. How do we focus on doing it better going forward? And how do we shift this mindset that the auditor's office doesn't walk around looking at everything, you know, like a nail and we're the hammer that's coming along to just crush everybody. We want to see better government. And, and that's really our mission um, to produce informative audits that improve government. That that's, that's our mission. Um, and, and so coming in here each and every day um, focused on that, you know, that's where I, I, it's very unfortunate. One of our employees here actually had an ethics commission um, complaint filed against them. Really, and then it was leaked. It was leaked to a, a blogger. Now, hmm. 
state employees aren't under the ethics commission. It says it on their front page. And so, you know, that just tells me that these are, these are attacks more uh, at people to try to try to punish people. Uh, and, and in the end, I can tell you that, that the employee here in the office, they didn't do anything wrong. There, there wasn't any, any, um, any violations of our auditing standards or any violations of, of um, the information. But, but you know, it's with, just being it's being twisted out there, and with with council culture too. If they can't if they can't take out you, their job is to undermine the people, undermine you through the people that work for you. Because if they can intimidate them, they figure that they'll intimidate you. This is this is standard warfare via management. Uh, I've worked for a lot of organizations that have done it this way, and it's 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 wrong. Uh, you shouldn't be going through this. Your people shouldn't be going through this. There should be a lot more positive embracing of what's going on at the auditor's office than there is. And the fact that you are being attacked from the, from the government and uh, to me is totally unacceptable. And it just proves to me that you're doing something right. I just don't understand why the animosity is there unless they've got a lot more to hide and they're worried that you're going to continue to dig. Well, we are going to continue. We're going to continue doing our job. We're going to do it to the best of our abilities. Uh, We're going to continue providing that uh, objective, independent information. Um, That's our statutory, that that's our mission. That's, that's why we exist. And um, I am undeterred. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going anywhere. I plan to be here for um, even longer. And so, you know, I just appreciate helping get that message out. If, if there's ever any information out there in, um, in the media or something that doesn't sound right, I would encourage you call me, call Good. the office, ask. Uh, I'd be happy to share uh, the additional pieces of information. And, and we do try to get that out there to, to give a, a broader perspective because a lot of times when you zoom out a little bit, it, it changes the, the picture. And it doesn't, and, and that picture may not fit the narrative that somebody's trying to push. Well, and that's the thing. We're, right now, we're, we're dealing with government by narrative and government by media, um, by major media. And it's, it, it, quite frankly, it stinks. And um, I, just, I just don't know anymore. Sometimes I get out of bed and just shake my head and wonder if I shouldn't crawl back under and pull the covers up. But, Jewel, do you have anything else that you'd like to ask Josh before we let him go? I just want him to know that we do appreciate his office and the work that they're doing and the working for the people. And we, we need him. We, we need the work that he's doing. Well, I have to tell you, I had a huge sigh of relief when I, because that's why I asked you point blank. I'm sorry if I was rude, but, but uh, I, I was sitting here going, okay, so are we going to lose this guy? Are we going to lose this guy? We can't lose this guy. So I'm so glad, Josh, that you, you set the record straight because there has been rumblings and tom-toms that they're, they're being successful in pushing you out. And I just, I wanted to ask, I'm that kind of a gal. Uh, you can ask me anything you want. I, I love, uh, direct questions. Uh, Those are my favorite type. And no, we're committed to uh, moving forward, committed to the mission of the auditor's office. And I appreciate uh, what you're doing to get, get this information out to the people. Anything we can ever do to help you at all. Could you give us one more time how the easiest way to reach you uh, through your website or whatever, so people can sign up for that newsletter and other things one more time, please. So www.nd.gov forward slash auditor. Uh, they can come out. There's a there's a link on there that they can click on. They can sign up for our uh, emails and newsletters, and so they'll get consistent communication from the auditor's office. Anytime we put information out there, it'll wind up right in your inbox. Excellent. Uh, and and so that's the best way to reach us. If you'd like to contact me personally, call the office. Um, I will take your call. He's busy, but I will tell you, you can reach him very easily. <laughs> I was surprised too when I went. Oh, okay. Everybody, Josh, Jewel, thank you both so much. And it's been a very, very enlightening and very interesting hour. It just flew by, my gosh. And and thank you so much. You gave me half an hour and you gave me another half hour. I appreciate it so much. Everybody, please contact the auditor's office with your questions and know that they're working for you. Have a wonderful Monday and take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.